Welcome to Gateway Church's Sermon of the Week, where our goal is to equip the believer to do the work of the ministry. We hope that you enjoy this week's sermon by the senior leader here at Gateway Church, Pastor Chris Monahan. All right, let's go ahead and find our seats. How you guys doing this morning? We good? Glad to be in God's house this morning. Isn't it been beautiful weather? I'll tell you, it's been great. It's been great. If you're in the foyer, why don't you go ahead and come on in if you're in a conversation Why don't you end that now? Um, I want to go ahead and um, just share about what I think is going on, where we need to shift as the church. How many know it's important? We listen to the right voices right now, and we're listening to the right people, and we're hearing the right things, and and we're obeying what God's telling us. So I want to talk today about healing, and I want to talk to you about the priority of healing in the Gospels. And um, the title of my message today is, is Mass Healing. And we need to have a mass healing revival to counteract the mass hysteria that's going on in our community. See, we have a part right now where we as the church need to understand and then act upon the gifts that God has given us. And I want to show you through the scriptures today how healing is a priority it's the message and it's what god does continually through the ministry of his son jesus christ are we are you guys with me this morning because we are um believing god to do something great um most of the time when we talk i want to just read acts 10 38 and this says how god anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy spirit and with power Now, how many know some people are anointed with the Holy Spirit, but they don't have no power? I'm telling you, we need to have, we need to be a people of power. And if we don't have power, we need to get the power. And he says, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the, who were oppressed by the devil because our God was with him. And when we look into the name of Jesus, as how many know, I love to translate names, working on the Bible translation that, uh, sets apart every name with its meaning. The meaning for Jesus is, comes from the Hebrew word Yeshua. Everybody say Yeshua. Yeshua. Doesn't that sound cool? Yeshua. Um, and it's, it's his Hebrew name. And it's actually the name Joshua in the Old Testament. And it was a very common name. But when we look at the name of Jesus in Luke eight forty eight, it says, Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were waiting for him. But the name Jesus actually means Yahweh, who is his father. You know, God has a name. It's Yahweh. God's not a name. It's a title. And um, the name Yahweh, it, Jesus' Jesus's names means Yahweh will save. And let me break that down a little bit. Because when you take the word Yah, which is God's nickname, and you put Shua together with it, it actually means to be unrestricted, thus to be free Thus to be saved from restriction, from oppression, and thus from ultimate demise. Jesus fulfilled his name. How many believe that? He saved you from your ultimate demise. How many are on the pathway to your ultimate demise? Going our own way. Help us, Jesus. (coughs) I sang my voice out on Friday night. I did. 
but I'm getting better, don't worry. If I have to drink a lot more today, it's okay. So, where was I? I think the church has been kind of like a, uh, a vacuum salesman, okay? Let me show a picture of a vacuum salesman. How many have ever had a vacuum, vacuum cleaner salesman come to your door before, right? Put a picture of him up, would you? <coughs> and he comes to the door and he says, hey, I've got this amazing vacuum cleaner to sell you. Let me tell you what it does. It's got 500 horsepower. It can suck up dog hair, dirt, tar, coal, small animals and children. It is awesome. It's so powerful. And it's only $500. I'm telling you. And he's selling you this thing. And so what I think this is what the church does with the message of healing is they, they have a big talk about it. They have a big sales point. This is what Jesus did. This is why I was here. But then we bring them the test, bring up the dirty, the, the, the dirty carpet. Okay, buddy, <clears throat> show me what you can do, right? Like it's time now for you to get this vacuum cleaner out, plug it in, and start showing me that you can suck up dirt, dog hair, small children, and I wanna see it all, okay? Put up the next picture, I think it'll be good. <clears throat> so, well, thank you. I'll have a flame and yawn next. I mean, let's give it up for my wife. Isn't she great? So, we're supposed to demonstrate. We're not just supposed to do the talk. We want to see the kid get sucked up by the vacuum. No, we don't want to. No, we don't want to do that. All my vacuum cleaner jokes suck, okay? Just so you know. <laughs> you laughed. You laughed. Okay. So, we talk and, ex and you know, express Jesus as a healer, but we need to put into practice the healing. We have to learn to have the tools to do that. If we're going to counteract the hysteria that's going on in our community right now, the sick have to be healed. Have to be healed. We can't sit around and complain that everyone's scared and everyone's a hypochondriac right now without counteracting it with the healing power of Jesus that we've been given. So I want to talk today about Jairus. And um, it's a story about Jesus that just got back from a deliverance ministry and just cast out a bunch of demons and he's returning to this community and they're welcoming and he's waiting there's this huge crowd and he's walking through the crowd he has all his disciples with him Peter and John James and they're all they're walking into the town and people are pumped people are excited and guess who shows up is a man named Jairus and let me read this in Luke 8 it says and there came a man named Jairus who was the ruler of a synagogue and falling at Jesus's feet he implored him to come to his house for he had an only daughter about 12 years of age and she was dying so here's the picture Jesus is is walking into town and this synagogue ruler he's a powerful person he's probably spent all his you know everything he could his his wife probably said honey go find this this healer from Nazareth 
because our daughter is dying. It's his only daughter. So he's in this desperate place needing a breakthrough. And, and it's in the story is it's it's mentioned twice in the gospel. So I'm kind of putting two stories together from Luke and from Mark. But she's 12 years old. And if you can imagine the heart of this father, his only daughter. Come on, any men here with a 12 year old daughter this tonight? All right. You got a 12 year old daughter. You're like perfect example. Can we call you Jairus today? All right. She's dying, you know. And I'm sure the, you know, the wife's like, get down there. You know, you ever, you ever, you know, kids are sick. Get down there and get this guy, get this, get this, do that, you know. And so he's just pleading, Jesus, please, she's my only daughter. So Jairus, meet Jairus. He's a humble synagogue ruler, begging Jesus to heal his only daughter, who is very ill. And he pleads with him in verse, um, chapter five of Mark, verse 23 and 24. And he says, come, lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And so he, Jesus went with him, and a great crowd followed him. So this is the picture. Jairus is successful. He's got the man of God, the son of God, to walk with him, to come to his house. And he's pleaded with him. He's begged him, come. I know if you put your hands on her, she will be healed. And remember, when people are sick, it's important that we put our hands on them. We ask them first, of course, okay? May I put my hands on you? Of course, if it's an inappropriate place, don't do that, okay? Just so you guys know, all right. <clears throat> I always remember Bill Johnson, he had a prophetic word, a healing word, he said, someone's got a, you know, he, was, he, he saw the Lord, you know, he saw a picture of a cracked backbone, but he kind of went like this, said, somebody has a crack back here, anybody? <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, it's like, uh, yeah, everybody does. Okay, I meant a cracked backbone. <laughs> okay, it's okay to laugh in church, by the way. And the Lord laughs at that one, I bet. But we, we lay hands on people and we because there's power in us to heal. We're not called to pray for the sick. We're called to heal the sick. That's the difference. And until you step into that place where God's not called me to pray to him to heal you, he's given me to the authority to heal you. They say, that's prideful. Who do you think you are? I know what Jesus purchased for me. Jesus came to this planet to model what we're supposed to be doing. Not just to show off and say, hey, watch what I can do. Pow, bam, wow. It was like, wow, Jesus, you're amazing. He didn't rise from the dead for you. He rose from the dead with you. And remember... Satan is not the enemy of Jesus. This is one of the things. You ever see those pictures of Satan and Jesus arm wrestling? Satan and Jesus. Jesus has overcome the devil, and he's given us the same authority to overcome the devil. And you know, like, like Bob said, we have to see the devil is our enemy, but we've overcome him. And we overcome him with our faith. And sickness is one of the tools of the devil. It's not a tool of God. God does not get you sick so you can go to the hospital and minister to the nurses. You can minister to the nurses in a restaurant or someplace else. Now, if you're in the hospital, yeah, minister, but don't like have mind. Well, God got me sick. God can't get you sick because he doesn't have sickness to give you. And when we pray for heaven to come to earth, what we're doing is we're asking when we see something out of order, we're, we're asking God, would you bring this into order? But he's using us. 
We're the people that impart the healing. And Jesus came to model that for us. So Jairus is saying, please, Jesus, come. He's probably texting his wife. He's coming. He's coming, honey. I know you. Where is he? Where is he? You know, every husband wants to do a good job for their wife, right? And so we're on our way. We'll be there in 10 minutes. Yes, he's coming. He's coming, right? Well, suddenly someone else shows up in the middle of the story. And it's this woman with an issue of blood. And so we have Jairus here. He's got Jesus coming to his house. He's excited. But then suddenly this woman from out in the crowd, it says this, it says, and then there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. And she had suffered, the next verse, uh, much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. How many have ever felt like that before, right? Spent everything you had and you're getting worse instead of getting better. Well, these are two people that their stories, their life stories are converging. Jairus meets Jesus, gets him, he's coming away, but suddenly the woman with the issue of blood comes into the middle of this story And I want you to imagine how Jairus feels right now because his heart is breaking over his only daughter who's about to die. And this woman comes from out of the crowd and stops the story. But let's meet this sick sick woman. It's noticed that she is not, her name is not mentioned here. So I just have to call her a sick woman. Anybody know any sick women around here? Don't raise your hand. Okay. She's broke. She's suffering and she's worsening. This is, her, this is her position. She is desperate. She's not even allowed to be out in that crowd because of a discharge in her body. If she was caught, she would be punished or, or shamed. And, and, she, and that's what sickness does. Sickness brings shame. When, you, when you're sick, it's... I remember one day we were doing our healing rooms. And um, I remember, Mindy, we were doing our healing rooms together. And I think it was your niece... But I remember the day, because um, we, we brought people here, we said, come to our healing room, you will be healed. And I remember that day, the Lord, I was like, Lord, what do you want to put in me? He said, Chris, I want you to know that when you're sick, it brings shame to your life. There's a level of shame that comes on your life. And I'm not saying if you're sick, you should feel ashamed. I'm just telling you the reality, there's, there's a level of shame or embarrassment. Are you guys with me today? I don't want to mess this up. But I remember the Lord said, I want to take the shame away from them by healing their sickness. And and sure enough, someone comes to the door and her glasses are so thick. They were probably almost like a half an inch thick. They were the thickest glasses we had ever, I had ever seen. And I, and I felt like we're going to pray today. I remember when we prayed for her, um, she took off her glasses and it was the first time that she could read without these thick glasses on. And the Lord was removing the shame of having to wear these. I mean, these were like goggles. And I was like, yay, God, you can clap. Okay, that was awesome, you know. But this woman had shame on her. And I want you to think what happens, the joy that happens when we see people healed, when we see breakthrough, and there's an excitement that takes place, and there's a shift in the atmosphere, there's joy, 
that's released. But we have to understand that this is, this is God's will. Disease and sickness are, are listed as curses in the book of Deuteronomy. Do you understand that sickness is a curse? It's not a blessing. Okay, it, it's listed right after a woman who eats her child in the midst of a famine. Are we ever going to call that a blessing? No, you better not. It's listed as a curse, and Jesus came to lift the curse off our lives. You see, there's a, there's a Psalm 103 that he's come to forgive all our sins and to heal our, all our diseases. They're both coming the same. Just like he wants to forgive us, he wants to heal us. Just like we don't work for our forgiveness, we receive it by faith. It's the same with our healing. We receive it by faith. God, I receive. I believe that you're that good that you want to heal me. I believe that you're not only willing, but you're able. And this is where the church gets stuck. Oh, God, he's willing. He's willing, but then there's this shame thing, but he wouldn't do it for me. Even if it's just a headache, he wouldn't do it for me. You understand that this woman interrupts this guy whose only daughter is dying. You understand, like she gets in the way of someone else getting healed. That's rude. I mean, are you guys with me this morning? You would think, but we have to, we have to know that we have to be desperate for our healing. And we have to know that God has more than enough power to heal me and heal you. It's not like he's got a little pie of healing, and if you press in, he's like, oh, I don't know. well, if you give you a bigger piece, I'm going to have to give so-and-so a smaller piece. So stay sick. Sorry. Jesus healed all who came from him, all who came to him, and he was never lacking with power. Is anybody with me this morning? So she, she comes to him. She sneaks up on him, and this is continue on. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment and immediately her, her discharge of blood ceased. Now, can you imagine? Like, you know, there are healings that take place. And sometimes healing, it takes a little bit of time. There's people who I've prayed for with terrible back pain. I prayed for them and nothing happened. But then they're walking out to their car and they see a, a something on the ground. They go to pick it up and they go, wow, my back doesn't hurt. The funniest story. This is, the funny, this is one of the funniest stories. Um, we do emotional healing. How many know that sickness is often tied to trauma in our life? And when we don't deal with the trauma, sometimes we're still stuck in a, a sickness. And so we take people through emotional healing. It's called um, ancient past. And we had one gal that would come in and, and she had a walker. And she, this is just kind of how she moved. This was her, her routine. She'd come in and sit down. Well, she got so much healing. She was forgiving people. Tears were coming down. And, and, uh, and the next day she comes in and, and she just walks, she just walks in like this. And then she, and I look at her, I'm like, wow. And then she goes, oh, I forgot my walker. And she runs back to her car. She pulls her walker. And I'm like, you just ran to get your walker, you know? So there's a, there's a connection that takes place. It's so funny. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> so good, Lord, more, Lord. Oh, I love it, I love it. So 
But remember that this woman, her discharge immediately got healed. It was immediate. And I would call that a miracle. How many of God's in the miracle working power? Okay. There are miracles that are taking place. And sometimes we don't understand. Sometimes we're dealing with a demon. If you pray for somebody and their sickness moves, um, that's a good sign. That means it's demonic. We were praying for somebody when we were baptizing people, immersing people uh, down in a Sozo Church in Loveland. And she had back pain. She had a curvature of the spine, some crazy amount of degree. She was always on uh, back pain medicine. This was about a month ago. And we prayed for her. And then immediately she says, wow, it's all shifted. The pain is all over here. Then it was over here. And we're like, oh, great. Yes. Because that was like, now we know what we're dealing with. And so, you know, these are things that I've learned, we've learned, and we'll train you. And so we took authority over the demon immediately. Her pain left her body after 30 years. She had walked like this all her life, and all her pain left. Come on. We're learning how to do these things, and we're training you. Because this society needs, we need to go from a mass hysteria to mass healing. We're part of that. You're part of that. Our church is part of that. But we can't just be criticizing people out there. We have to be doing the work of the kingdom. Have to be. We have to be. But what did she have? Mark 5, 28. This is the woman, the sick woman. She said, for she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. There was a word that she had. If I just touch. She probably saw herself touching him maybe God showed it to her in a vision maybe somebody gave her a prophetic word if you just touch the hem of this Messiah out there you're going to be healed and she was pressing through the crowd she was in the crowd and she was pressing through but she had that word that carried her through do you have a word right now that's carrying you through this difficult time that's what we all need because everything else is telling us don't do it you're ashamed. You're getting other people sick. You're, you're contaminating people with your disease. Don't you bother Jesus. This guy's daughter's dying. Who do you think you are? You're so selfish. Can you imagine what's going on in her head right now? But she had a word. We need to have a word. She had a declaration of faith that kept her going. Now, it's interesting because when we talk about the corner or the fringe when I do my Gates of Nehemiah teaching, there's a, the, the gate, the corner gate represents the gate of healing. And it's because Jesus was, was uh, what he wore, we, he would wear what we call the, in the Jewish uh, culture would be called the talit. And it says this, Brian Simmons said this, as a Jewish man, Jesus would have had over his shoulders a prayer shawl. The blue tasseled on the corner of the prayer shawl was said to symbolize all the commandments and promises of God. The Hebrew word for fringe or border of a garment can also mean wings. That's why we hear in Malachi that healing is in the wings. How many have heard that before? Jesus has the talit. And when she reaches to that, she's coming into agreement. Hear me. She has the word. If I just touch him, I'll be healed. But she grabs on to Jesus, the word of God, the commandment of God, and the promise of God. And then power comes from Jesus into her and her sickness ceases done and i love what jesus says because and jesus says 
Who was it that touched me? Now here's the son of God. He's walking through a crowd and all of a sudden he feels something. Someone pull on his healing mantle because they had faith for it. Just like Julie had faith this morning. She heard the word. Somebody in a car accident couldn't talk or walk. She's like, that's me. She was in a car accident over 20 years ago. And we're just like, do it again, Lord. (laughs) Do it again, Lord. We believe. And so when all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touch me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. How many know that there are a lot of people crowding around Jesus, but there's only very few that are touching him with faith? we need to be those who are touching him with faith everything in the kingdom is voice activated and belief activated voice activated and belief activated How do we get belief? Is we we get ourselves immersed into the word. We get trained. More importantly, we get around people that are doing the stuff. It's more caught than taught. People think, well, I I, I don't have many smarticles. I don't know if I could study. It's caught. All right? Catch it. It's like a disease that you catch. You get around people enough and... They're doing it, and you're like, I can do that. None of you here would be walking today if after you fell a couple times, your parents just go, quit even trying walking. Come on. You fell down a bunch of times. Just crawl. Just give up. You're going to fail healing. Trust me. But we can fail. Even if it's a failure, we think, we don't take credit for when it works and we don't take blame for when it doesn't work. I prayed for a lot of people. I've seen tons of healings, but I pray for a lot of people. And when it doesn't work, I'm like, hey, we trust God's going to do it. But I, I want us to be in a congregation where we're flowing. We recognize this is our destiny and our purpose right now. And if we are going to shut down the hysteria in our community, we have to see the power of God manifest. Okay? Have to. Paul said to the Galatians, so again I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by believing what you have heard? So you and I have to become believers. We have to believe what is said that we've been given the authority to heal and now we need to put it into practice. Not just talk about it, but actually do it. And begin to make this your goal. If someone says, oh, I have a headache, then you say, oh, I'll pray for you. I'm a physician's assistant. <clears throat> and let's see what happens. And like, hey, let me pray for you. You know how many people have come to me and said, pastor, I did what you said, and they got healed. They, they went to the doctor, and the, they got a bad report, and I prayed for them. And the, they went to the doctor, and the doctor said, something's wrong with the machine. Because... We must have messed up because you're totally well. 
And, you know, the person's coming back. Wow, this is amazing. All of us need to do that. Why? Because God is good. And he rewards those who diligently seek them. And we're believing what his word has said. But that puts, some, that puts responsibility on us. But at the same time, this is how revival breaks out. Every great move of God is accompanied by signs, wonders, and miracles. Even the ministry of Jesus. Luke 8 um, goes on to say, And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came out trembling, falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. How many love immediate healings? I love immediate healings. We're going to see some immediate healings today. Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Think about that. Your faith. You stood on the word, you believed, and you touched me, and I was made, and you were made whole. Your faith is important, okay? God rewards your faith that you're believing, even when every other voice in you is telling you to quit, to give up, you're no good, you're worthless. You shouldn't stop this man from getting his daughter healed, everything. We have to work through that and press through the crowds and touch Jesus, because once we're healed, we can do so much more in, in, in ministry. And many people are still pressing through, at it, even though they're battling sickness, it's so much better to have the healing power of God touch you, and so that you are empowered to do the work that Jesus has done. It says this in Hebrews eleven six, and without faith it's impossible to please God. Indeed, it is necessary for one who approaches God to believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. So there, are, there is a reward that comes when you seek after God. You believe that he is good, that he exists, and that he rewards you when you press through and you seek him. When you don't go off in the flesh, he rewards you, okay? Not that anyone here would ever think about doing something like that, but... <clears throat> and this is... What faith brings. Faith is, if you can see it, it's not faith, okay? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So when you're doing something, even though you can't see the results, God honors that. But if you can see the answer and you believe it, that's not faith. So when someone says, I'm battling this illness or I'm sick, and you call it out and you say, go in the name of Jesus... You're operating in faith. And God says, ah, I'm going to reward that. Now, if the person gets healed or not, I'm still pleasing God. And he's proud of me. He's proud of me that I'm believing in his goodness. So to continue on the story about Jairus, in verse 35, while he was speaking, there came the ruler who said, your daughter is dead. Why the trouble the teacher any further? Now, can you imagine? This woman has just hindered this man from getting Jesus to his household. Thanks a lot, sick woman, you know. And then they just said, just tell the teacher to go home because they're sick or they're, your daughter is dead. Why, why trouble the teacher further? But overhearing that, what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. How many know that you're going to have setbacks when you begin to pray for people? You will have setbacks. Get ready for setbacks. That's part of growth. 
Todd White, who's seeing more healings than anyone probably in, in so much in, in anywhere. He just sees miraculous healings. The first 200 people he prayed for didn't get healed. And he got fired from his job over and over because he wouldn't stop praying for people. Now he's got an international ministry. How many know Todd White? Look him up. He's so full of love. I love Todd White. 200 people, 200 failures, but now he's seeing healings over and over. The more you give it away, the better it works. And that's what we need to do. And so Jesus says, do not fear, only believe. And when he had entered the house, he said to them, why are you making commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Now, just so you know, in ancient times, you would actually hire mourners to come to your funeral, professional mourners. I know that sounds weird. So if you had a, a sick, if somebody who died in your family, you would call up, you know, hey, it's Chris, oh, I just had a death in my family. I, I need about 10 people who are just really sad. Oh, yeah, 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 the crying package. Yeah, absolutely. Wailing, how much is wailing? 10% more, yeah, let's do the wailing as well. So these people just show up and they're just, <laughs> that's what they're doing, that's their job. I mean, I'm sure, maybe you know some people that'd be really good, maybe that was their job they were supposed to do. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's why Jesus says, oh, she's not dead, they're not sleeping, and they're like, <laughs> like, they had no, they didn't care about the girl, I mean, because when I first read that, you're thinking, Boy, these people are pretty callous. They're laughing at Jesus, and they just lost their relative, but it's because they're professional mourners. Okay, maybe we need to start that practice up again. I don't know. <laughs> maybe not. Okay, but he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him, and they went in where the child was. So sometimes we need to remove the people who are doubting in our lives. And I'm not saying, you know, kick your family out, but what I'm saying is get in a room Get away and make sure that your faith is built up because sometimes people just aren't at the place that you are. And if you stumble over their lack of faith, it's going to steal your faith. Just say, hey, well, that's just, that's just where God's told me I'm, I'm going to press in anyway. And we need to sometimes uh, put those people aside. Don't get mad at them. Don't get angry at them. So basically it says, Jesus taking her by the hand, he said, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up, began walking, for she was 12 years of age, and they were immediately overcome with amazement. Now this is where I want to pull this story together. You guys still with me? I'm almost done. All right. Somebody give me five more minutes here. Five more minutes. Okay. Five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Okay. We're doing good. So when, when we... When we look at this story, there was a 12-year-old girl and there was a woman for, who was sick for how many years? 12 years. And if you think about now, their stories are intersecting. And what we see is actually, we see a, a picture here of the Jewish people who is represented by Jairus and his sick daughter. And we see the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, who actually come... And at the same moment of time, they intersect. And what's happening is, is on the way, Jairus is on the way to bring Jesus to raise this little girl up from the dead, that there's an intersection where the Gentiles actually receive their healing. Now, how many know if you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile, you're a non-Jewish person. And God has a purpose for the Jewish people. And what happens is, is in that story, we see a beautiful picture 
The daughter of Jairus was 12 years old and this woman who had suffered for 12 years. Jesus touched the girl, but the woman touched Jesus. The two intertwining miracles in this chapter speak of Jesus healing the Gentiles and raising Israel back to life. Amen? Jairus' Jewish daughter, on his way to raise the Jewish girl, he stopped to heal the Gentile woman. This is what's happening today with Jews and non-Jews. And I thought that picture was beautiful to, for us to see how God is intertwining. Even in these stu- two stories, we see that we can learn what it means to walk in the healing power of Jesus. With Jesus, there's no fear, and there's no scar, and there's no bill. Amen? Now, I know the last time we did baptisms, we we had the charge, $10, just to make sure we had the numbers, okay? We're doing registration for the baptism. It's $5 for one dip, $10 for two dips. No. We're not, we're just registering. We had to do it last time for a different reason, but it's free. Anyone who wants to be baptized, come expecting. But if you know someone that has, an, that has not seen breakthrough yet, Friday night, we believe God is going to minister to them. Just bring, your, bring a, another set of clothes and a towel, and we're going we're gonna to have a service time, and then we're going to be dunking some people. Is that all right? Yeah. We're believing God to stir up healing in our community. And so, as I, as I close, healing is a gift to be received, not a work to be accomplished. Jesus did not work for us to walk uh, in health and be healed. And no, Jesus already did the work for us. So you'll notice that sometimes I'm praying for people and I'm laughing and I don't look very serious because I'm not doing the work. I'm just believing. Sometimes when we pray and we don't see healing, then we get more serious. Right? Because we want to see them healed. I laugh more when I don't see results. <laughs> because it was never me at the beginning. Okay? My job is to believe. And when I pray, I know God is good. I know it. He proved it to me by sending his son Jesus to die for me. To take up my sins, and not just my sins, but also my sicknesses. He died to break the curse of sin and sickness off my life. And we're battling hysteria out there right now. And we need to say, COVID-19 is afraid of us. Hear me. Our culture does not shift and change because of COVID-19. There's people who are living in mass hysteria over this treatable disease. It's treatable. And it's curable, all its complications, through the power of Jesus Christ. That's... That's where we need, that's why we need, you and I need to become, there needs to become a healing epidemic right now. And and all of us need to sign up. Because it's, none of us saw this coming. I did not see this coming. I did not see 
our government being taken over by a medical issue. They're using the medical community to take over our government. So everything the enemy does is a counterfeit to what we need to be doing. So we need to create, we need to be on the offensive and we need to create a real healing epidemic and make healing the central part of our ministry so that we can wipe away this takeover that they're trying to accomplish. We must take healing off the shelf as some vague blessing of God and begin to put it back into the use of the everyday believer's life. All of us. We need to make this a priority. And I want to just close today. Let's stand together. And I want to read you this verse. You guys get anything out of today? Amen? Come on, Jesus. And um, I'm going to have Bob come up at this time. You can grab your mic there, Bob. And let's put up Luke chapter 9. And again, so Jesus just heals Jairus' daughter, raises Jairus' daughter from the dead. Wow. You know, the woman touches Jesus. She's healed. Her, 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 after 12 years, her bleeding stops. Come on. Like internal bleeding stops. Yay, God. And after all this happens, the, the disciples just saw it all. They just see it happen. And what's Jesus tell them? He called the 12 together and he gave them power and authority over all demons and the cure diseases. I'm reading your Bible, by the way. All right. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. That is our calling. You have the authority. You have the power. We're going to train you. We're going to stir up your faith. And then we're going to send you out to be crazy people like us. <laughs> All right. And we're going to see, we're going to cause chaos in the enemy's camp. The enemy's camp is going to become unglued. <laughs> Because one can put a thousand to flight and two can chase 10,000. But we have to do our part. We have to believe and act. Bob, what do you got for everybody today? Let's make this happen. Okay. Come on. I'm, is this on? Do you hear me? Okay. I'm going to pray for healing. I want you to put your hand where it hurts. And I'm going to pray for you. When you're healed, come down that line over there by that aisle. And Chris will take your testimony. If you're not healed and you need healing, come over here and line up this way. But after, after I pray, because there's going to be healing testimonies. And you'll, Sue, would you do that? Would you take you'll, the healing testimonies? You'll, you'll, you'll be able to share testimonies over there after I start, after I'm done this prayer. And if you're not healed, then you come over here and you want more prayer. So, Father God, and I just want to say last night, the Holy Spirit was giving me words of knowledge. So, Father God, we just pray for everybody in the room that needs healing right now. Lord, I believe that you showed me last night that there's some people, there's somebody with carpal tunnel and God's healing that right now. I see somebody on your, your left side of your back that's being healed right now in Jesus' name. I see, I see people that have something going on in your shoulder and your neck area that God is healing that right now in Jesus' name. Somebody in your leg, 
Uh, it's your right leg. I, I feel it's some being healed in your right leg right now. There's somebody with uh, tinnitus, the ringing in the ears that God's healing you right now. Just like you have to pray to get saved, you have to appropriate this, this healing. You have to be able to receive it. Claim it for yourself. And it could be multiple people. I see right now somebody struggles with a lot of headaches and migraines. I see God healing that right now. Thank you, Lord. Lord, somebody's holding their, their heart, Lord God. Somebody's got heart palpitations. I see God healing that right now. Just take a big breath and blow it out. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I see somebody with COPD being healed right now. Uh, there's somebody that wants to quit smoking. God's helping you to quit smoking right now. You see God delivering you from that cigarette smoking right now. I, I, I see somebody that's got a, an alcohol addiction and God's setting you free. Just claim that if that's you. Just let God take that desire for alcohol away from you. There's somebody in the room that's got cancer and I see God healing them right now. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, we just, we just release your healing over everybody right now. Lord, we just, we just rebuke the spirit of trauma. We rebuke the spirit of death. We command healing into bodies throughout this room right now. We invite you, spirit of life. Spirit of life, touch bodies right now. Just flow through people right now, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Release healing, Lord, across this room. Release your anointing, Lord. Break the yokes of bondage. We cancel the spirit of death. We cancel the spirit of sickness. We cancel the spirit of trauma. We command it to go in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. <coughs> if anybody feels healing, test it out. Come over on this side, on this side, and give your testimony. If anybody wants me to lay hands on you, come over here and line up across the front. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to Gateway Church's Sermon of the Week. Make sure to follow us on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And for more information, videos, sermons, or events, check out our website at igateway.org. Thank you and have a blessed week.